You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. And welcome back to The Recovered Life Show. It's Wednesday, June 29, 2022, here with my co-host, Christina Dennis. Hello. How are you, Damon Frank? I am doing really well. It is another Recovered Life Day, another Recovered Life Show here with yes. you in beautiful June in Southern California. A little hot, but it's always yes. a little hot in June yes. in Southern California. I don't think that we, I think we forfeit the right to complain about weather if we're lucky enough to live in Southern California. <laughs> it's we do. Yet. Yes, we do forfeit that right. We do forfeit that right. Listen, a lot going on in the recovered life community. Tell us about our volley group, Christina, and everything that we've been doing there. Yes, first of all, I want to thank everybody for like sharing and following this show, the podcast. Please keep leaving your comments, but don't miss out on the Recovered Life community. Uh, you can join over at recoveredlife.us, and we have this very cool community that we're building over there via Volley, which allows people to communicate for a video. You don't have to be on video, but we really get to know each other. And you can ask Damon and I direct questions, and you can meet people all over the world. It is at the recoveredlife.us. And uh, make sure you join and say hi. We'd like to get to know Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think that the, the key here with this volley group is that there is so much free content on there. Mm -hmm. And there's so much interaction with coaches like us. And you can get on and ask questions. And that's the coolest part about it. Because it's not just that you're listening. Like one of the things I love about our volley group is that it's really three-dimensional. People are talking back. They're actually posting volleys, having discussions. And that's what it's all about. Oh, it's so cool. I love that you could just ask a question. If you're in the middle of doing something and you're stuck, some people just get on there and ask a quick question. And then it starts a really, really cool conversation where we can both support each other and have a lot of fun. Sobriety is fun. Absolutely. It is. And you know, one of the things that we were going to talk about today on the Recovered Life Show is about having fun and about happiness. And really mm -hmm. the topic today is why living in the now is the key to happiness in sobriety. This yes. is so hard to live in the now when we first come in to recovery, Christina. It's really tough. I'll it's admit, like staying in the here and now, <laughs> it's the worst. Oh, to understand that all we have is this moment in time is, I think, a big life lesson for everyone. But there is something really special about those of us who uh, are in the addiction world because we so want to control things and we want to plan. And I know when I first got sober, I wanted to know when, when, when do I get the stuff? Oh, that's great. Yeah, I could see that. When does it, first of all, stop? You know, when do the cravings stop? And then when do I get that job? And when do those promises come true? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know what? I think the, you know, one of the things about addiction is it's all about escapism, right? It's yes. leaving the here and now for a exactly. place that is not the here and now that you don't have to worry about the here and now. And I think that one of the hardest things for people to do in recovery is to just get into the present space of where they're at, 
be quiet and really just enjoy where you're at in the moment. It, it seems to be a struggle for almost everyone. I don't know anyone who enjoys it, especially no. in, in early recovery. No, no. And it's the resistance to the fact that all you have is here and now that causes me the most pain. I still want to hold on to an idea that I can control the future. And look, there are things that I can do in the here and now that help, you know, certain things you know, that help in producing certain results in the future. But truly learning to be in our body, you know, in this moment being fully willing to feel the feelings that are coming up now is a superpower. And I didn't mm -hmm. know that when I first got sober, I thought that I needed to be paying attention to all the signs and it would drive me to drink. It absolutely would. When do you, why do you think it's so hard for people to live in the present moment? Why do you think, especially people that are have addiction issues, why it's so difficult, like why it's such a struggle. I mean, it's a struggle for everyone. It I is. I mean, everybody future trips, right? Is it mm -hmm. that our minds are much quicker? I mean, I've heard yes. that. Yes, that I think so. Our minds are processing things much quicker. And I would also say too, you know, some of the work that you do in codependency is this predictive thing. I think a lot of people that come in to recovery, have a history of growing up in a household that had addiction. So mm -hmm. they have some sort of codependency. So they're always thinking about what other people are going to do. They're thinking about themselves in relationship to other people and how they're going to fit in. And it makes Absolutely. the here and now very uncomfortable. Absolutely, because that was a survival skill, you know, to be always anticipating other people's behaviors. And, you know, when we grow up in homes that, you know, are dysfunctional or living with addiction themselves, we can be made to feel like it is our responsibility to take care of everyone else. And it becomes this life or death feeling. And I want to answer the question that you asked about why is it so hard? I feel like it is all about control. And when we are living in the here and now, we don't want to feel like we don't know what's coming and we don't want to be lost in the moment. So we usually go to the past or to the future to orient ourselves and to, to say, oh, this is what's going to happen next. And when we start growing the skill, because it is a skill, when we start being okay with being in our bodies, then we don't miss the moments that are happening that are good. Absolutely. Absolutely right. You know, one of the things is with uh, with addiction is that this whole thing about this past, right? Resentments, mm -hmm. the past, what's happened in the past, reliving things in our head over and over and over again. It yes. causes great unhappiness. But also, not only does, you know, we use the word happiness in the, in the title of this, but not only does it drain your happiness, it really detaches you from people which yes. creates the happiness to begin with, because we find out that in recovery community brings us much more than we think it would. Oh, and in the life, I mean, the longest study for behavioral um, science is still going on where it is the number one indicator of life longevity is, are you in community? And I believe that when we suffer from alcoholism, it's that intolerance of the unknown 
right? That it, I, it is not tolerable for me to live in here and now that we numb out. But what you learn is that not only are you numbing the fear and the bad feelings, you're also numbing the positive fears, the positive feelings, right? And so this takes uh, a certain amount, like we have to exercise it like a muscle where we start going, where is my body? I am here and now. I am, you know, sitting in this chair. I'm grounding myself. What is really happening right now at this moment? Is it Excuse my me. resistance, bless you, is it my resistance <laughs> to the unknown? Or is there something really happening right now that I need to attend to? Well, what was really happening right there for me was a sneeze. So I apologize yes. about that. A little allergy season. A little here tickle. In Los Angeles. Um, yeah, I'm with you. You know, it's this being trapped in the past. And look, here's the reality. Most people come into recovery and they have a past that haunts them. So they're yes. running from bills, running from people, running from situations, running from employers, running from educational systems, running from institutions. It just yes. stacks up. So I think that the fear of the past and typically a lot of people come in, have alcoholic relatives or have been yes. in that, right? In some sort of alcohol or dysfunctional uh, home. But then yes. we have the whole other side of this, which is future tripping, which I really think that um, is huge in right. the recovery scene. What is going to happen? Like five minutes ago, you know, they were drinking themselves to death. And now they're worried about what's going to happen. <laughs> when am I going to get know, my home? 48 hours from now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when do I get to retire, right? And they just entered the workforce. Um, and I, I joke, but it, it's not really funny. Um, that that uh, intolerance to not having control. And here's the thing that we learn in recovery is we didn't have control anyway. Like life can be very arbitrary. Something can happen right? That we right. have no control over. And that sometimes that fear, that untethered feeling is was very difficult for me. I mean, I absolutely was trying to control. And that sounds strange to people who are not, you know, in, in the world of alcoholism um, or perhaps don't have the same issue. They're like, but you're so out of control. What do you mean that you need to control things? And that's why you drink to excess, right? Because they don't go hand in hand. But what Absolutely. we learn, right, in recovery and what we learn through recovery is that actually it was this obsession of being in charge and not being able to accept life on its terms that drove us to want to check out. And this future tripping causes problems for us, I think, because what I've seen is, and you know, look, in coaching Christina, what happens is we get a front row seat of this. We see people who get sober, they yes. start to create some sort of life. And then all of a sudden, what they have in the here and now isn't enough. <laughs> What's going to happen in the future dictates everything. And mm -hmm. what I found just from my own personal experience is that future tripping is a waste of time. Oh, so literally. It's such a waste. Of time. I wish I had the time back for all the time that I future trip. This is going to happen. That's going to happen. Mm -hmm. We are really not great magicians and predictors mm -mm. of the future. Like we're really not, we're wrong a lot of the times. Sure are. And, you know, there's a lot of, 
there's a lot of neuroscience that backs that up about why we do these things. First of all, when you plan, you're engaged in dopamine. And we alcoholics love our dopamine, right? That's one of the reasons why we're addicted to this substance, because it's one of the best dopamine producing you know, substances. And so we want to stay in that energy, but we don't grow the here and now chemicals. We don't focus on serotonin. Sometimes we get a little endorphins. Sometimes we have a lot of oxytocin for those codependents like myself, because oxytocin is the cuddle hormone. But we base a lot of our existence and our survival on dopamine. And it's that lack that. of balance that, that sets us up for failure. So look, we've talked about, Pete, you know, what happens when you're in the past? We talked about future tripping. What happens if you're living in the future? People that are listening to this right now are in recovery, Christine, or want to be in recovery. Mm -hmm. So what they're thinking about is how in the heck can mm -hmm. I get in the here and now? And we're going to go over some of those tips about how we do this and how we do this for our clients after this quick break. If you are newly sober, trying to get sober, or you've been sober for decades and are looking to take your sobriety to the next level, the Recovery Breakthrough six-week transformation concierge coaching program might be right for you. Have Damon Frank and Christina Dennis build a custom roadmap to get you on the path to getting what you really need. Receive hands-on concierge coaching and stay focused and productive with our daily check-ins. If you're ready to experience your recovery breakthrough and start the journey towards the transformation you deserve, book a free get to know you call today and find out what is possible in your recovery. To find out more about recovery breakthrough and to book your free call, go to recoveredlife.us. That's recoveredlife.us. You're listening to The Recovered Life Show. Okay, we're back after that quick break. Listen, you're, Christina, people want to know, how do they get into the present? If they find out that they're constantly in the past, in the future, but never here and now, where we're told that happiness lies in the here and now, yes. how do you get there, Christina? Oh, my goodness. Well, first, for me, it's always about addressing the nervous system, right? It's always about where are my feet planted? How do I ground myself right now? And then there is these, uh, a t uh, we start taking agency with our thoughts, right? We realize that we're the thinker of our thoughts. So we direct our thoughts back to what is happening in this moment. And it might sound like I'm being silly, but narrating what you're doing, this is a tip that I use. If I'm in anxiety, if I've been triggered, I have to pull back and start taking control of my thoughts. So so I will narrate, I'm going outside, I'm sitting in my chair. And a quick little meditation tip, because many of us don't know how to do this. I mean, we're not, you know, totally settled when we first start, you know, stopping drinking is to put your feet on the ground, your hands over your knees, and then to tell yourself that's what you're doing. And it's called grounding. And if you're in a warm climate or we're hitting summer, you take those shoes off and you actually get connected. It's noticing the breath. It is actually recognizing that there is a difference 
between my hand and the air out here. And I know that sounds very like, okay, that's so basic. But until we address the nervous system, we're not going to be able to actually recognize what the here and now is. Absolutely right. I think the nervous system is huge. I didn't even know what that was, right? But right. I think if people are listening, go, Christina, what are you talking about? Like, I think it's a feeling. You could feel when your nervous yes. system is all over the place, right? And mm -hmm. really a sense of being uncomfortable in the here and now is, I found, a big red flag that something's up with my nervous system, right? Always. Um, you know, you talked about uh, you, you talked about the technique that you use to do that. You know, one of the things that I have found that has been so helpful, Christina, is literally having a conversation with myself. And I do yes. this with my clients all the time. And I would say, okay, um, you know, I need to come into the here and now. Yes. Uh, and I would start to say, you know, you know, one of the things that the here and now was so scary. I think it's scary for people in recovery because mm -hmm. that's the thing with alcohol and drugs and codependency and every other addiction we're trying to get out of. Yes. So we have a compulsion. And this is what's different than I think the average person who has a hard time staying in the here and now. People with addiction have a compulsion not to be there. Okay. Yes. We really do. We really do. And what I found is, is I'd ask myself a question because, you know, a lot of my coaching has to do with asking different questions. Sure. So I'd ask myself a question what's wrong with the here and now? Is Good. there anything wrong with the here and now? Um, and uh, I get no typically would come back, yes. you know, and then I would ask myself, I would say, uh, you know, why, you know, what is, what's enjoyable about the here and now? I just start rephrasing different questions, right? So um, good. And I found out that I had an internal dialogue that was going on with this compulsion not to be there, that I felt that it was a scary place. And I had to really rewire my brain yes. to tell myself that being in the here and now, although it felt different, it was a valuable experience. Mm -hmm. And if I kept doing it because I saw other people that were doing it, my nervous system would calm down and I would feel differently about it. And I think this is a key that I want to say. Do you find sometimes, Christina, that whether you're doing it for yourself or helping one of your clients do it, being in the here and now doesn't feel good. Not a lot always. Of times, like people say that it's going to right at first. Not always. And I'm so glad that you brought up uh, about the our our desire to escape here and now. And this is what I found. It's the fear of feelings that are much worse than the actual feelings. You know, for me, trauma is a frozen experience that happened when I didn't have the tools to manage it. And fear gets such a bad rap. But the truth of the matter is we want to have fear. It would be very dangerous not to have some fear. But obviously we are afraid of something that isn't going to kill us at that moment and so learning about the feelings starting to learn how to identify yes. them giving language to it which helps us know how we need to act next and realizing it's not that it feels doesn't feel good it just feels different and we can yeah. train and i say nervous system it's your autonomic nervous system we can train our body to start tolerating moments of here and now. And then that allows us to recognize, which I believe is the third step of the gratitude of what we have going on right then. Yeah, I, I love that. I think that the, 
main, you know, focuses that I've learned is that really to retraining myself to understand mm -hmm. and really have that internal dialogue that I have everything that I need right here, right now. Yes. I'm okay right here, right now. And this is something I just have to tell myself all the time because the fact of the matter is I was most of the time okay yes. right here, right? Even though bad things have happened in recovery, in yes. the present moment, I got through it, I was fine. Right. You know, um, unless you're being chased by, you know, a wild animal or you're getting hit by a car or whatever, you're probably okay in the here and now. And what I found is after that learned practice of doing that and also helping other people do it, what I found was that I would have times where I was no longer in the future or the past. Right. I was just okay. And I would be able to drop that obsessive thinking that a lot of people in recovery have. So, so true. I mean, and, and that's just practice. That is practice. That's getting used to it. Our brains are designed to be, to have the shortest, quickest way, right? And they're lazy. They don't want to learn new ways. Our brains doesn't want to learn a new way. It was used to alcohol or drugs or codependent behaviors as the avenue of success to get us out of our fear, right? It was it yes. was used to that. And so in the beginning, it's really important to hold tight and to learn these tools. Because I know sometimes when I'm working with a new client, and sometimes when you and I are working with a new client, they are like, I want to solve this, or I want to improve my relationship, or I want to be here. How is learning how to breathe and sticking my feet in the ground going to help me? You Absolutely. have to train your brain. Because if you are in a triggered state, if you are in fear, you don't have access to the prefrontal cortex anyway. Well, like we had talked last week, we were talking about something that we knew about how your whole adrenal system that they're yes. finding and nervous system just gets all jacked up. And, you know, people in recovery, I found out that what would happen is even in sobriety, I would sometimes go through a fight or flight constantly sure. over and over and over and over again. That leads to a very unhappy life. So it's like being <laughs> able to kind of ground yourself, getting in the here and now is really the key. I also find that this is the big uh, secret that a lot of people don't talk about regarding relapse, Christina, is yes. that a lot of people, no one relapses in the present moment, awake, aware, and alive. No, I don't see it. I don't see people that are truly honest with themselves being okay in the here and now relapsing. It's right. people that, uh, and when I say people, that's anyone. That could be you and I, that's anyone, right? Yes. Uh, but people that are, uh, that are in the past, or in the future, right. but they're not here and right now, they get that signal, that craving, hey, you know what? I know what will make this feeling, this make a lot feel better. And yes. that would be to drink, use alcohol, codependent relation, whatever that might be, whatever that is, right? I mean, don't you find that? It's like, so I don't true. see people going out in the past and the future or in the present. It's yes. always the past and the future. So, so true. And it's that intolerance. If you are stuck in the past and what I want to define what I mean by stuck in the past, where you are in a, in a, a state of unacceptance about your history and you don't want to feel the feelings about it. See, our feelings get frozen when we have trauma. It literally they have you know, studies that show that the trauma brings us back to an age when we didn't have a lot of power and we didn't have a ton 
economy. Uh, you know, we weren't in situations where we could. And so that fear of how that feels can push us back to that age. And we don't actually grieve and have the stages of reaction that we need to. And that's what I mean by being stuck in the past. It should have been different, is different than it sucked and I'm okay now. And it's important one for people the, to understand that. Absolutely. One of the things that, uh, the one of the greatest things that I got from the 12 step in the book of Alcoholics Anonymous was a line in there, it says lack of power was mm -hmm. our dilemma. I've always found that it, it always has to do with a lack of power, or uh, unmanageability. And that's what we were talking about on one of the last episodes about staying sober, you know, or trying to get sober without therapy, AA, anything like that. That's some of the valuable things that you're learning through 12 step groups or therapists or groups or coaches is that this, this, how to deal with this feeling of lack of power. Yes, yes. And it's too arbitrary for a lot of us. That's why as children who are raised in dysfunctional homes take on 100% of the responsibility and that births our codependent patterns. It is all my fault that mom or dad are drunk, unhappy, sad. I'm going to curb my behavior. It's like we, we're too afraid at that point. Our brains cannot believe that it's arbitrary. And I mean, that's still the same feeling when you are a grown person wanting it to be different than it is right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think really the, the key is, you know, with this lack of power thing is to just accept that you really didn't have the power to begin with, right? Yes. And that much of this is an illusion. And this is something that I think that the ego really fights. You know, I know that's one of the reasons I don't like meditation a lot. I mean, I'm open. Yes. Uh, meditation works great for me. I shared in my old school uh, meeting the a couple of days ago that like, hey, I love, I, I, I really enjoy and get a lot out of meditation, but I dislike the process yes. because <laughs> it's a it's a destruction of ego. I don't want to know that I don't have, I have lack of power. I don't want to feel like I'm unmanageable with things. I want to feel like I'm in control of things. But the reality <laughs> in the here and now is, is that I'm just sometimes along for the ride doing the best I can, right? Right. And, and why do we say, why are we pounding in that you need to be this? It's not to destroy your ego. It's so that you don't miss the beauty that's in your life right now. It, it's so yeah, that you don't miss it. Well, this is the key with people who have trouble staying minute to minute, mm -hmm. right? Um, the, the secret to this is keep pulling back into the present, keep pulling back into the present. I, again, I have never seen anybody, maybe it's out there, uh, you know, look, I don't, I don't know, uh, definitive in all cases, but rarely do I ever hear about anyone doing anything like that in the present, yes. right? So it's this, this, this ability to be able to pull back, pull back, pull back, and to try to live awake and aware and alive in the presence as long as you can. And, and, you know, I'm so glad that you said that because it, I won't, I don't want anybody to think that it's possible to never be in the future. It's that reminder to always return to what is happening right now. And am I okay? Oh, the other day, Christine, I'm just going to tell you the other day I was, I was out a good 15, 20 minutes. I was like future tripping about something that was totally never going to happen. Yes, And then I went back into the past and I realized it was like, wow, that was 20 to 30 minutes of my life where I wasn't present, you know, and what I found the great thing, just to end this segment here with a little hope, Christina, what mm -hmm. I found is now if I'm living in the past or I'm living in the future and I'm not in the present moment, 
not being in the present moment now causes me anxiety. Yes. Uh, being in the past, because I've realized that that makes me feel unhappy, right? It gives me unhappiness, whether it's true, not true, all that other stuff's irrelevant. It doesn't make me happy. And so now, you know, after being recovered for a while, going on this journey, I found that being in the, in the present, it's kind of like insanity. Insanity mm -hmm. feels very comfortable to new alcoholics. Yes. You get two years. Insanity gives you emotional hangover. Yes, yes. And it is that, you know, so what we are doing in the process is that we are growing new neuropathways. And the brain says, oh, I like this. And our nervous system communicates back to the brain uh, and says, this is where we are happiest. This is where we get that gratitude. This is where we're going to stay. And you will start to recognize that you don't have a tolerance if you get into a dopamine trap. And uh, there's all kinds of science behind it, but ultimately right here, right now is what every person has. And there is beauty in it. Absolutely. This has been a great episode. This is going to do it for Wednesday, June 29th, 2022. We hope you go out and live your best recovered life. We will see you in a couple of days. Bye. Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free, and you can apply at recoveredlife.us.